0: England, Fall, 1785. Damn it, Tom, the woman's dying. Tom scowled down at the pale woman lying so still on the tiny bed. She's still breathing. Barely. Just worn thin from birthing is all, Jake. Tom picked up the swaddled child that rested in the woman's limp arm. Poor wee mite. Throttled by the cord, it looks like. Well, come on then, Jake, set that lad in this one's place. I hate this, Tom. Jake gently settled the peacefully sleeping newborn he held next to the woman. Tain't right, tain't right at all. The poor lass has no strength to care for the mate. He'll be dying right along with her. Mayhap, we could... You just stop right there, Jake Potter. Tom snapped. You be forgetting what happened to old Melvin when he tried to say nay to that bitch. You want your bones tangled up with ears in that pit? Course this ain't right, but we got no choice. No choice at all. Better the wee lad dies than gets reared up by that woman, I says, or in murdered by his own mam. His lordship would take good care of the lad. His lordship is blind to what that woman is, and you be knowing that. Now, let us be gone from here. The bitch wants this poor dead babe in her arms, ere his lordship returns and that could be soon, as he was sent word that his wife had been brought to the berth in bed hours ago. The fool who did that would be fair, sorry, I can tell you. Tom muttered and shook his head. Jake started to follow Tom out of the tiny, crude cottage, but then hesitated. I will come with you in a blinking, Tom. I just... Just what? We have to go now. I just want to make him warm and comfortable, give him a fighting chance... Or I will ne'er rest easy. Hurry then, or soon we be both resting easy right alongside old Melvin. After making a fire and covering the woman and child with another thin blanket, Jake looked around to make certain Tom wasn't watching him. He took a sheaf of papers from inside his old coat and hastily tucked them beneath the blankets. When he looked at the woman again, he started in surprise. She was watching him. "'Your babe will have a fine resting place,' he whispered. "'I hate doing this, I surely do, but I've got me a wife and five wee ones. Aye, and I would be a coward when all be said and done. That vile woman would ne'er hesitate to kill me if I ruined her evil plans. If ye can, take them papers and hide them well. If his lordship survives all his wife's plots, he will be wanting his son.' and them papers will be all the proof he will be a-needin' from you. "'Tis as much as I and a few others dared to do. Sorry, poor help that it is. I will pray for you, missy, you and the lad here. Aye, and I will pray for myself as well, for I have surely blackened my soul this day.' He hurried out of the cottage. After waiting a few moments to be certain the men were gone, Chloe Warelock crept out of the niche by the fireplace where she had hidden herself when the men had ridden up to the door. She moved to kneel by her sister Laurel's bed and stared at the child she held, the living, breathing child. Touching the baby's soft, warm cheek, she looked at her sister, grief forming a tight knot in her throat. Laurel was dying. They both knew it, yet her sister smiled. "'Tis just as you foresaw it, Chloe,' Laurel whispered, weakness and not a need for secrecy robbing her of her voice. "'Life appearing in the midst of death is what you said.' Chloe nodded, not at all happy to be proven right. "'I'm so sorry about your child. Do not be. I will be joining him soon.' "'Oh, Laurel,' Chloe began, her voice thick with tears. Do not weep for me. I am ready. In truth, I ache to be with my love and our child. My soul cries out for them. Laurel lifted one trembling pale hand and brushed a tear from Chloe's cheek. This is why I lingered on this earth. Why I did not die soon after my dear Henry did. This child needed us to be here. Needed my son's body to be here.